Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Modern Flirting Podcast. I believe we're on episode, what is it, 13 now. Jesus, we're going through a lot of them at this point, man. So obviously we're here with the lovely, gorgeous, intelligent, amazing Jamie. And uh, joining us for today's episode, we have Joseph, who is one of the incredible leaders of the Red Pill University and the Red Pill movement as a whole. He's a guy I uh, knew back years and years ago before I think even Red Pill was a thing uh, where, you know, we were all just trying to figure things out. And he was one of the, you know, founders of this whole uh, movement and has done so many amazing things with it. Uh, he's, he's been able to start changing my mind. Uh, along with it as well. So Joseph, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. So for those that know me on uh, YouTube, you go by Jody. It's a long running joke. So yeah, that's kind of what everybody usually knows me by. Oh, Jody. Um, sorry, Jody. Yes. Jody. Yeah. Jody. It's a, it's, it's a military joke, but also <laughs> it's a shorthand. So it just keeps things simple. I was always uh, psyched yeah. when I was going through this. So that I had to keep oh, it yeah. in my name no matter what I did. And yeah, that's what it is for branding purposes, just so it's easier to find me. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Getting into the branding, I mean, like, how'd you get your, okay, actually, because I always go usually how people get their start, but really what I want to get into and I love is why the red pill, what is the red pill, if guys don't know what the hell the red pill is, and, and what does it mean, I've heard so many different definitions, I like yours the best personally, because I started off not liking it as much, but you've, you've been kind of making me, Jesus, kind of making me more of a, of a believer, why don't you tell us your version of it? Uh, it's kind of an evolution of what we used to see back in the day with the whole the PUA thing. And it was, a, it's a blending of different uh, facets mm -hmm. of the manosphere. That was like the 1.0 version. The 2.0 version is more about just holistic self-improvement, taking women off the pedestal, realizing there are no magic bullets. There's no shortcuts. You got to put in the work. So, and that, that's really just, that, that's it in a nutshell. So what is, the, what does that work look like? Because initially right. to me, when I, and Jamie, have you heard the Red Bull Jamie or no? Mm -hmm. um i've heard things of the red pill that's why i'm actually really interested because i feel that like many things right it's like a game of telephone you get to hear like <laughs> instead of what it is you get to hear what someone thinks about it so i'd love to hear right. like from the horse's mouth so to speak what so, it is. there's a lot of pop psychology there's a lot of uh that kind of gets a bad rap some of it is just it's an amalgamation <clears throat> of millions of men's observations over the decades over the eons even where you take observations, we compare notes online, and we realize, oh, this happened to me too. Oh, this happened to me. Well, then they kind of put a term to it. You can, a lot of the problems that people have with the community, especially like on Reddit, it's the locker room style talk. But when you actually get down to the nuts and bolts of like, what are the observations? What's the actual, experience, the lived experiences of millions of men around the world? That's what really matters. And I'm, I'm very you know, military minded, so I'm very uh, results oriented almost to a fault sometimes like what's the practical aspect of how this stuff can be implemented so if i said i'm a red pill guy and that means to attract a girl i just need to get in shape and make a lot of money and be a cool chad or a confident guy is that sum up with the red pill or is there more to it no, than that way more than that and that, that's kind of like the, the course outline but that's not really what it is uh, that's what i work that's means, what i saw originally yeah. and i was i was like oh because I was a fat, broke fuck, like able to meet amazing, great women. And that's, that's what kind of turned me off originally. But then when I saw it, I'm like, oh no, these guys are actually learning. They're, they're, there's a skill to it. Right. They're there. And let's be real. Like Jamie, if guys are more successful and better in shape, that definitely does help. So I get that. Right. But I think that there, there's a little caveat Astrid there. It's, it's, uh, you know, I feel like <clears throat> with this type of mindset, you, I fear that people are getting too caught up in the result of, of you know, money and things and, and uh, materialistic things that will attract women. When in reality, women, me, I'm more attracted to ambition, uh, determination, perseverance, these things that are the cause of money and success and materialism. And um, we actually have, a, a, it's one of, our, uh, one of our, our flagship episodes over on our YouTube channel is mission. Do not make women your mission. And we like to say that, yeah, being, agree, successful that. Uh, being successful with women, or we should say uh, being successful with women is, how does he frame it? Women are a lagging indicator of success. Think of it that way. 
So what you were just saying, uh, Jamie, a second ago, is kind of just a, a, a way, another way of wording that. <clears throat> so, and uh, I forget the guy's name, uh, Richard Cooper, entrepreneur in cars. He always likes to say that you got to do the work. Women just kind of show up at the finish line to see who won the race. And then they select from the guys that won. And it's not just women in a lot of mammalian species, the females do this. So women are the choosers. The guys got to do the work and kind of dance and they got to be the peacock and do that kind of context. But yeah, women are the choosers of the species when it comes to sexual dynamics. That's just the way it is. I have a spin to this because we're saying women isn't, don't men do this too? Like don't sort men of. want to align with other men who are successful and oh, yeah. going place and doing stuff. So it's not just like women are choosing these guys, but I would, assume, I would, I, I see it all the time. Like men. Also, also men are choosing women. Like, like talk about peacocking. We're the ones putting on makeup an hour before we go out. Yep. Right. Well, we shoot, we select for different things. So men and women are equal, but we're different generally speaking. So uh, the science of sex appeal over on discovery, they chopped up in a bunch of different episodes, but if you never see the full show, it's about 10 years old now, where they go into the research that kind of formulates all of this. Uh, Tinder or OkCupid, one of the two uh, big, uh, one of the big three uh, actually uh, dating uh, websites, apps, hmm. they did the research on this. And they showed that cross-culturally, men almost all give all of their attention to women 20 to 22. They may not message them, but they're checking them out. So that's peak, like that data set shows where men's physical attraction goes to. So women are going to be peak attractive at those kind of age ranges, but it doesn't mean that's what we all end up dating. So older guys are going to have a wider uh, selection of women that they can go with, just kind of the nature of the game. Whereas you don't really see women dating up, or sorry, much younger with a lot younger men. And there's reasons for that. I'm personally into the 20 to 26 range, but that's just me. If, I, if I'm thinking yeah. of like- Well, we're just talking, <laughs> yeah, when they swipe and they look, you can tell like which ones they find right. people, uh, maximally attractive. This is just from raw looks. But that doesn't mean that's the uh, only people they're going to message. are you inherently setting yourself up for failure though? Because you're, all, you're limiting yourself to age? No, no, he's not saying that's all you go for. He's saying that's right. what all men naturally will find more attractive. Okay. Yeah, it's the hallmarks of fertility are principally what men are attracted to. It's like, it's like being like men like big boobs. towards physical looks. Yeah. yeah. Whereas women are, looks play a part of it, but no, nowhere near as an impactful part that say it does for men. I think we can all agree on that. Women look at way more than just how a guy looks. So let's go into that then. What, so with the red, is it, can we safely assume you speak for the red pill community or is this just your thoughts? I don't know, like. It's my thoughts, but I think it's also, a, I think it's a fair, uh, Okay. amalgamation of what's going on out there so, so if i'm asking red pill like you know mr red pill whatever that is what that looks like uh i'm for all pur purposes it's gonna be you now well what, yeah, now what, i'm gonna give i'm gonna give credit where credit's due uh rollo tomasi right i don't know his actual name but he's uh he kind of wrote the book on this stuff a lot of people reference him mm -hmm. uh if you could i'd recommend having him on the show sometime as well absolutely i would love that actually but so in the in red pill idea what is attraction how is attraction created uh, for guys who want to get better with women, what does that look like? All right. So number one, you got to fix your presentation. No one wants, if you, if you go out on a date with stained teeth, you're disheveled and you just look like you woke up and you stink, you're going to have some problems right there. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not one to talk. I just got out of the gym. So uh, yeah, it was kind of a race to get here, but yeah, you want to uh, fix your presentation, fix your body language, uh, learn to take women off the pedestal. Back in the day, we used to call this inner game. Right. Well, it is getting your head straight and getting, uh, stop being outcome dependent. When you go out, you want to go out and have fun for yourself. Uh, self amusement, uh, like you were talking about before where you can kind of go out with the friends and what happens happens. You don't, you're not going out there, shark in the club, looking for women. You're not telegraphing all of this negative, uh, uh, I guess what, what's a good word to put this as it's, uh, you, you predator luck. So you're just like looking to like hook up and be a predator. Yeah. You don't want to be doing any of that. So you got to get your head straight. So one, fix your physicality, fix your presentation, and then just fix your head. You know, that's really what it comes down to. So then see, I agree with all this stuff. So this is why I'm so, cause I'm like, I read these things. And yeah, I'm like, no, same. right. <laughs> I, I, this is every time I talk to Joe, I'm like, red pill makes a lot of sense. I like that shit. But then like, I'm, I'm reading stuff and I'm like, all right, what about it's this? Gone too, yeah. 
just like women suck women the reason i'm red pill is because women suck and we don't like we were just talking uh guests beforehand who said one of the three pillars of being a great seducer someone who's great with women uh one of them is oh sorry there's a fourth one which is you have to love women you have to truly think women are amazing and love outside of women. if you want to fuck them or you're related to them that's the other thing that i wanted to say last time I, yeah, I, if I you find... resent women you're not gonna have a good time this is common. It should be common sense. So don't you, do you yeah. find though that there's a lot of guys in the red pill movement who are bitter towards women and are like, Oh, absolutely. Just... And we did a video on this called the five stages. And okay. what we see again, this is that uh, the collective wisdom of millions of men around the world, it all tracks to uh, the, the five stages of grief. And one of them is the anger stage. And mm. a lot of guys, they get bitter when they realize what they were raised to believe. Oh, you know, just be nice. And, uh, just be yourself and you'll be, you'll get whatever's coming to you. It doesn't work that way. You got to put in the work and improve yourself. You got to put yourself out there to find success. So why didn't we have those five stages in during the PUA movement? You know, like now, Grant, I'm not into the whole PUA thing either. There's a lot of problems with that whole, you know, aspect, but I don't think I went through five stages of grief. I went through like, oh my God, there's hope. Like it was, it was very much like I'm learning a superpower. This is awesome. <laughs> why is it that when they learn with the red pill, it's like, there's a, there's a grief process versus a, well, holy shit, there's a way to do it. I think there was. And we saw this with like the website PUA hate. Yeah. Remember that? That's, That's a, the yeah. anger phase guys who, yeah, it didn't work for me. These magic bullets don't exist. That's why I look, I looked at guys yeah. who it didn't work for them because they didn't apply a property properly or they didn't get the right mentor. That's what I definitely want to talk more about, like the importance of having a mentor and, and, doing doing the right kind of systems but is that where it all started from did it start from pu i was they, i was on pua hate it was like a, it was like a badge of honor to be yeah. like a pua guy back then on pua hate but yeah. is that where it all stemmed from or no no i don't think that was just kind of a flash in the pan um okay sorry you were saying something jamie what what is i'm so sorry what is ppoa pua pickup artist. PUA, pick artist oh okay yeah. sorry i i wasn't sure you know that you know pua no, I've not, I've, I was not aware that there was an acronym. Sorry, continue. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the pickup artist movement. So I can see that as being like that version of the anger stage. Maybe not, we can disagree, but yeah, that's, okay. there was definitely pushback in that sense. I have a cat that decided to be an little skate artist here. I got a little dog somewhere around here. Yep. So yeah, I guess, so yeah, I guess, there, so the PUA hate thing was kind of like a bitterness phase with guys who tried it and it just didn't work. And then they got like resentful that why didn't this work? Yeah. Is does red pill have a methodology or is it teach like a, here's what to say. Like if I'm a guy and I'm like, I don't know how to talk to women or, or here, let me ask you this. Let's say I come into the red pill. I I'm stuck with women. I can't, I, for whatever reason, I can't get one, but I got a great job. I'm making good money and I'm physically fit. I, I, I take care of myself. I'm reasonably well-groomed, but for whatever reason, it's just not working for me. What does red pill tell me to do? Do the work. So it means you've got to start getting out there and becoming more socially savvy. And you're going to do that through experience. Now over in RPU, we gave guys a structured approach, kind of how to, uh, to tackle this because uh, competence builds confidence. A lot of guys, they get in their head, they get yep. tongue tied, they get nervous, and then they just project this really awkward kind of vibe. And then women pick up on it and then they get awkward. So we found that women kind of mirror men's emotional states. So if you're putting off nervous energy, they're going to get nervous. If you're putting off weak, what they call weak frame, they're going to be like, okay, this guy's just a pushover. This, he's not for me. You know, and women can kind of read on that too. So it's all about kind of just developing a frame, basically developing a backbone with women, not being a pushover. Uh, and then kind of coming up with a framework for yourself to how to approach. And there's a methodology to it. Yes. But it's not like the PUA kind of stuff that that's all it is. It's right. a process to build the confidence. That's my spin on it. That's the way I see it. Maybe okay. not everybody agrees. And Jimmy, do you know about all the other pills or no? I've heard of like, there's the black pill guys who are just like, oh, woe is me. I'm not tall. I'm not good looking. I'll never get anywhere in life. So they just focus on the, uh, the science as an excuse to not do the work. So the black pill is, what was, is there a difference between black pill and MGTOW? There's so many different like- I, I don't know. I know. So my, my take on it is that like the black pill kind of thing is red pill plus nihilism. Okay. Okay. That's just kind of the way I so see no it. No black pill. If everybody's watching this, stay away from any black pill stuff. Yeah. And there's a, we do rely heavily on science because that's going to inform uh, the refinements of how we approach the subject of dating and relationships and all that. Uh, Luann Brizendine, she'd had a really good book called The Female, Female Brain. Kind of talks about the brain structures of how men and women are different. 
Uh, she did, I think she did one for the male brain as well. You've probably heard of like sperm wars. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We can, can go into all that later. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, it's all out there for people to read if they want to go check it out. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of science that goes into dating relationships and what makes men and women attracted to one another. So maximize what you can, minimize what you can't, and accept what you can't change, period. So I always say, yeah, I not everybody gets to be an astronaut. I'm not tall. I'm never going to be Brad Pitt good looking. So there's the- well, Not with that attitude. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a, there's a peak. Uh, yeah, there's just a, a peak of how good looking I can ever get. So you can improve yourself in other ways. This is where you can develop status, where you can create social alignments and get social proof. And that's to say that, you know, status is three things. It's uh, what you have, what you are, and what you do. Well, if you've got a lot of status, now you're talking about like Elon Musk level or uh, uh, Rockstar level or celebrity level. doesn't matter where you go in the world. Everybody knows Tom Cruise, and he can probably pull any girl off of any guy's arm just by walking in a room. Peak status, and he's not even a tall guy. He's just, you know, very high status. That's, that's the kind of example of what I'm talking about where – and. This I definitely is, saw how much status comes into play with the Vegas yeah. and San Diego days being the guy like behind the DJ booth, who's got the table, mm -hmm. party bus, mansion party, yacht party. And I was yeah. like, this is stupid. This is just like, it, it became a little bit like, you know, ridiculous there. But I mean, there still was work there. It wasn't just like, hey, I've got status, you know, but right. it's definitely the work. You just have to do the work, but it opened up so many uh, opportunities and doors that were like, there's no way, you know, when you're like behind that velvet rope, it's like, you can't even get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about, is that, is that something you go for? What do girls get from the idea of like the velvet rope thing? What goes through your mind or I'm going to have you speak for women here when you guys see like status and you know, the guy with the table or, you know, whatever. You know me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I Not mean, me. <laughs> I'm 30, so I am out of your range there, Jared. I also, that means I don't really go to clubs anymore, but I mean, well, when, when you it, did, when I, well, I mean, when I did, yeah, like, sure. It was awesome when we got to go, to a table and things like that. But uh, I mean, sustainability purposes, right? I feel like it's almost a sliding scale because as soon as I see this guy with like such high status in the club scene in particular, the first thing that's gonna come to my head is, okay, well, he's fucking every single girl up in here. And therefore I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? Like put all my eggs in, in that basket because later down the line, that's gonna become an issue. now what what the the metaphor of the table in the club now for me is okay does this guy have uh is, is he is he living in a, a nice apartment or a house or is he still you know crashing on a couch somewhere like mm -hmm. like does he actually have uh you know relationships with guys and girls that are like healthy like things like that that kind of to me is the status I feel like that's that such I a low bar though it's like does he have a place does he have friends? Well, that's like, I that's mean, like to the be honest time. with you, Jared, like, yeah, like when it comes to guys, unfortunately. That's so sad for us. It's, I mean, the bar has been set pretty low, right? Because now for the first time, women can, can have uh, a paycheck and we're not financially dependent on you guys anymore. So now we have options. And therefore, with those options, we're going to, yes, we're going to be choosy because the first time in history, we can be choosy, you know? So, so I mean, yes, like, Obviously, I'm not with anyone, like I'm single, but it's not, you know, I, we literally just talked about this in the other one. You know, I've obviously, I've had options with boyfriends to get married. And I just knew right. that for me, being in a monogamous relationship just was not yeah, my Jamie thing. wants to be in an open relationship, but the guys can't handle it. But, you know, I mean, it, it's tough. It's, it's a tough conversation. It's a tough, it's, you know, it's a challenging one and it's new for a lot of people. But I mean, when it comes to, you know, finding a relationship, like, I just, I don't know, when it comes to the red pill, like everything you're saying is great. I mean, so I'm just wondering where the controversy lies. Like, why do I hear so many I know, um, Joe has a way of making me a believer every time I talk to him. 90% like, of right. it comes down to people seeing the anger phase stuff and then holding it up as that's representative of everything else. Mm. So you never see what else there is to offer. And yeah, some of the stuff that's out there is pretty vitriolic, That no argument right there. Okay. So um, do you feel, sorry. I, I, have a, I have a can of worms I'm, I'm getting ready to open. And I, this is kind of like a civil war I saw within the Red Pull uh, community. I, before I get to that real quick, I just want to say stat, just a little asterisk. I find status from in her 30s. I got this little boy, Cupid here. 
is just like easy. Like women will stop their car and come out to like come meet him and talk with him. I'm like, this is like day game set. This is as good as a table or being the DJ and also having a karaoke machine. Doing like karaoke with them is like a new like, oh my God, we could sing and do karaoke and be stupid. Like that's like being now being being in my 30s status. <laughs> And I have my own apartment, so I'm winning in Jamie's in Jamie's uh, categories here. So, what I was going to say, so there's, there was a civil war that went out between Rolo and an old friend of mine who, I mean, I loved him when I when I when I knew him. I haven't hung out with him in a while. He he seemed very he seems very militant and extreme now, uh, but we kind of grew up in this the PUA world together, which is Anthony Dream Johnson. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure you've seen his stuff or yeah, familiar. Okay, so I know him and Rolo had a big falling out. And a lot of the stuff that Anthony posts, I think is very extreme or a lot of times bitter uh, towards women. Yet then when he talks to me about it, I'm like, okay, I see where you where he's coming from with it too. But I, I think a lot of it is, is just the, the packaging or the message. Do you see a difference or like there's different voices in the Red Pill community? Like, uh, I don't pay attention to that. I don't even, I, I don't even really know the exact details of what happened. I know he Rolo is going to be a speaker and that something happened, but I know Anthony, I don't know if you follow him. They had him, a he, show at one point together. Yeah. Um, I think it was the Red Man group or something like that. And I don't know the details of what went on. So well, I, he's yeah, a self-proclaimed president and ruler of the manosphere. So I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't, do you feel, you know, being, being the, the founder, I believe, of um, Red Pill University, um, do you feel like a sense of responsibility to kind of like shut down when you feel that these men are kind of maybe misdirecting or like losing focus on the actual purpose of like how you were describing red pill earlier. Like, well, we like, can't control what other people say. I mean, that's, but you yeah, can we're not responsible for what they say. Sure. But I mean, your goal is to influence these, these men to become better men, as you were saying. And so in better men, don't you feel like a kind of a moral responsibility as like a coach of being like, Hey, listen, now, you guys might've gone too far here. For right? the guys in our community that come to us as mentors, yes. And we've had to shut a few of them down and uh, we've saved, I don't know, maybe a half dozen lives. So guys have reached out awesome. you know, behind the scenes like, man, this, like, this was the end of the line. Then they see the community, they learn about what we're talking about. And it's like, oh my God, finally, I'm not alone. I'm not gonna have to off myself because they're so desperate for uh, some sort of outlet. So, and this is where you kind of see some of that, the really nasty stuff is you got to remember some of these guys are pushed to the limit about the off themselves. Like I said, no less than a half dozen guys have reached out to me personally saying, thank you for blah, blah, blah. You saved my life. So yeah, I take this stuff seriously. It's trying, to, but the guys are out there like, I don't know, dream. I don't know what he says. I don't pay attention. It's not my bag. So I can't control it. Another one is uh, Donovan Sharp. He's got his own show. Uh, he does his own thing. Uh, Rolo, he does his own thing. Another guy, uh, Ryan so, so Stone. You're not all unified in your message. Everybody has their own interpretations of it. Everybody has their own interpretation in niche. Which um, is kind of like the PUA thing, right? Like everybody has is. their own methods. Okay. Yep. I got it. All right. So all I can really talk about is what we talk about as far as on the show and in our private community over on uh, through our fraternal, uh, uh, I don't want to say fraternity. So it's not a fraternity. It's a fraternal organization. That's mm -hmm. a blend of a college fraternity and a fraternal order like Freemasons or the Moose Club. So honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm part of that. And I think it's amazing what you guys have going on there. It's, it's a huge, active, thriving community. You guys have, you know, guys, speakers on there all the time, different channels for everything. It's yep. beautifully organized. I think everybody should definitely come check it out. Yeah, um, we've grown 20% in the last three weeks. That's amazing. And it's free, right? Like anybody uh, can So yeah, the, so you've got the one side of it that's all free. Anybody can come in. Uh, we've got a protected section where we've got people can talk about personal issues and all that. That is the $5 a month where you got to join the organization and then that'll get you the invite to the, you know, the private events. Uh, we're going to have local chapters all around the world. We've got, I think four right now, uh, mid Atlantic, Portland, Eastern Canada, and down in, I think Southern Florida. Awesome. So that's great. Yeah. And then once COVID's done, we'll, we'll actually be hosting like live events again. So so Jim, what did you, where did you hear about Red Pill stuff or? Me? Yeah. Um, you know, I actually think one of the students at Modern Flirting brought up Simp. Is oh it, yeah, Simp. Simp is a, a word that I had never heard before. Um, simp and to it's, Pimp. 
I get, I forgot the way that he explained it, but he was explaining like this whole red pill. And then he's like, yeah, I learned it from red pill and da da da. Um, and also, you know, there's also like Facebook groups where like they um, tag or like they post things that people post there. And you're right, it does seem very angry. It seems very um, derogatory towards women in a way where it's like, uh, much like many groups do, right? I'm not saying this is just men or women. Um, they take an idea and they run with it and it's like, and they go too far and it's like, no, no, like you were almost there. Like, like, stop, like, don't continue down this path because unfortunately I think it's breeding a culture, um, of, of hate. And, um, you know, I think obviously like everything, like I said earlier, everything you're saying makes sense to me. So it's just so crazy to see the alternative within the same category that is red pill. So, I think it needs to mature. It needs to grow a little bit. We got to kind of drop the locker room talk. Uh, and that's kind of what we try to do with the, uh, the YouTube channels. The show is like, look, this isn't what people, a lot of people think it is. Mm-hmm. We're trying to give like the other side of it. That isn't just this anger stage kind of uh, bad image that people see. So it's not way men, more to it than that. It's not men versus women. It's, I mean, there's Red Bull, like talk about how like we're on the same side or we're trying to connect here. Or is it like, uh, yeah. well, we have different objectives. That, there's also, you got to remember too, though, like, uh, I think it was Thomas Sowell who once said, you know, whenever you, people that are used to special treatment, when they get treated equally, it feels like you're being attacked. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of the same thing we see in some respects with women being treated equally. It's like, whoa, that special treatment I was getting before, now it's kind of like, Ugh. it can be irksome at times. I, I, it's so. funny because when you said that, I was thinking the opposite. I think, and this is what I was saying earlier is when it, men have been treated, um, I feel they've been uh, through legislation and through society, they've been always given like, you know, that's why you see so many successful men. Oh, and we can so get into the when, politics. So that's now, a, that's a whole nother aspect of it. To, yeah. They have to go back down again. And then they, they, they see themselves as less. Well, I'm thinking more right? in the terms of dating. In the, as not actually equal when in reality that is equal. But you're, I think you're looking more towards the politics. I was looking at it more from the, uh, the sexual marketplace. Oh, yeah. So, so, so let's get into that. Sexual market value. How does that work? So, well, the sexual market value, first off, you got to define what the sexual marketplace is. This comes from Roy Bodemeister and Gary Becker, who Gary Becker was an economist and he kind of applied it. He was the first one to really apply economics to the sexual market. Mm-hmm. Roy Bodemeister, he did the same thing. And he really developed this. So it kind of comes back to the old school. The whole thing's framed in the old school version of dating and relationships mm-hmm. where the more status, the more resources, the more beta provisioning kind of things that guys have going for them, the more they're likely to get women. And we can argue about that. And there's other aspects to this, but the general thing is the sexual marketplace is just a, uh, yeah, go look up Roy Bomeister. He's going to explain it way so better what's, than I What's can. my sexual market value? Show. Sexual market give, value give, give is it to me a, straight. it's an amalgamation of what makes a man or a woman attractive in the sexual marketplace. All right, so like my, me personally, what would my sexual market value be? Oh, I have no idea. It's, it's you got to ask women bucks? that. 200 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Think of it in terms of your attractiveness on like a one to 10 scale. That's probably the best way to kind of like summarize it. And we can argue of whether or not that's dehumanizing and, and stuff like that. But as a shorthand. Also subjective, right? Like and it is subjective. That's, what, that's part of the reason why this is problematic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and in my opinion, like if you want to create, uh, say women rank them on, a, on an attractiveness scale of like one to 10. It doesn't really work when you get towards the high end and the low end. It's just a ballpark kind of shorthand that guys can uh, use as a reference. But like you said, the problem though, is that all of it's subjective. So it really doesn't hold water anyways. Well, I know, I, kn- I remember when I was researching sexual market value, the biggest indicator it seemed to me was the age, the age of the man and the age of the woman. But I'm, there's gotta be more to it than that. I know. I remember the bell curve. It was like women in their like twenty to twenty-two, and then it drops, and then it's a depreciating value. Yeah, but the men was like, but no, but but I mean, it was there were two bell curves. There's when so like women Mm -hmm. came like there's a big jump from like twenty to twenty-two, like what he said, like, and then they depreciate. Men just take longer though. Like we're worthless apparently until we get to like twenty-eight to like thirty-two, and then we drop off. Yeah, and it's this is where a lot of people get angry at me because I was it's mother nature is not a feminist. So men and women, we're equal in terms of opportunity, but when it comes to the sexual marketplace, yeah, women peak a lot sooner than guys do, but 
attractiveness is largely tied to the hallmarks of fertility. So as women's fertility starts to wane, their physical attractiveness and appeal to men goes down with it. Whereas what men or what makes men attractive to women kind of goes up as we age, then it kind of plateaus, then it goes down as we get older. So there's a different scale, a different uh, uh, bell curve, like you were saying before. They don't really line up and match. Men so, lag in that term, in that sense. So you already, I'm sure, know the answer to this. I'm curious if Jamie can guess it. What do you think men peak? What age are, is a man the sexiest, Jamie? You got to pick one age. You know, it's funny. Uh, I find that men are better in bed the older I get. That's, but by, by, that, by that definition, so 80 years old? The oldest? I, mean, like, I, haven't, the I haven't had the pleasure, so I can't answer that one. But, but no, um, I would say, let me think here. I mean, I've always been someone that's dated around my age. Um, uh, you know, I, I would probably say like below, I don't know. I mean, I guess 30s, guess. 40s. But we, if we had to guess, put, put a number to it. Um, you know, it's funny. I would say like attractiveness wise, like I like a little salt and pep. So I'm saying like maybe like 40, 40 ish, right? 40, Over 30s, right. you know, mid 40s. I'm still ripening. But, this but is I will say this though. I will say this. Something that I love doing as an activity for me is I love like going to music festivals. I love like the, like the EDM culture. Like that's, a, you don't see a lot of 40 year olds there. Would so, it be attractive if a 40 year old was at one of those or would it be like, you're trying too hard, bro? Like you're too old for this shit. I mean, it depends on set and setting, right? I mean, if he's with a bunch of cool, awesome people and they're having, you know, a good time and he has good vibes, yeah, sure, great. But if he is that one fucking 45-year-old with, you know, like awkward in the corner, like just trying to be here to pick up hot chicks, with not going to find balance him shoes. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> with his New Balance shoes. And My his, friend. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I used to wear New Balance shoes in high school. This is how bad I was. I used to wear New Balance shoes just because my wife feet and my friends were like, dude, dude, that's how bad I, I had was. the check. I'm wearing them right now. I just got back from the gym. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so no, so what is the it, ideal age for guys, Joe? You said, said for, Jay, for Joe or for Jamie? For you. What, what, for me? So if we got Jamie, what is the actual okay. What guys do you answer? like, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember the, uh, if you go by what Rolo created in that little diagram, it's uh, right around 33 to 35 is when men peak versus the 20 to 22 when women peak. So really just like a 13 year age gap would be wait, ideal. Wait, 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 It's 20 to 22 for women. And then for men, it's 30, uh, 33 to 35. If you look at like peak okay. SMV. 34 and peaked. So that's roughly where, if you look at in terms of overall attractiveness, the amalgamation of all the different factors that make men versus women physically attractive to the other opposite sex. I shouldn't say physically. Damn. The amalgam I, I didn't realize how everything. sexy I was until this moment. Yeah. No so idea. yeah. Soak it in, baby. It only lasts. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm there. I'm, I didn't realize I was at my peak. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, some of the best relationships I've seen and experienced myself were the ones where we had that age gap right around that 10 to 13 year uh, difference. I will say this. I will say this. So with Tinder, whatever, I'm meeting a lot of girls in their, in their 20s, you know, dating different age range. Uh, I was just on a date with a 20 year old. I had one with a 25 year old. Another one's another 30 year old. So like I'm bouncing around. Uh, but I am so shocked how I'm at like 34 and I'm able to go on dates with these like 20 year olds or 22 year olds, 14 year difference, 10 year, you know, mm -hmm. whatever the fuck. That's what I was and, saying earlier. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like, it's like, whatever. It's, it's like, we might mention it once. Is the age thing better? I'm like, I don't care. It's like, all right, cool. And then the flip side of it was when I was 20 or 21 and I tried to date a 24 year old, a girl like two years older than me or three years older than me. It was like on a her she goes, ew, no, I could never. I'm sorry, but the age difference is too big. Her being two or three years older than me. But if I'm older going yeah. like 10, 13 years down, no problem. So it's just, if there's you're a young guy, things, it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. It, the whole, yeah, Jamie may not want to hear this, but and you're talking about it right now. The dating paradigm flip-flops as we age. And it's mm -hmm. right around that 30 to 35 year uh, gap is when you start seeing it. And after you get over 35, it is dramatic. So guys, we can date from 18 to 40 and up if you want. The, the but, sky's the but limit. it's hard as a younger guy because the older guys are taking everything. It is, exactly. Because younger guys have to compete against older guys like us who have the social alignments, the status, and all these other things that are in our favor that younger guys lack. I noticed it. So I didn't, before I even knew what PUA stuff, I was 20 or like before I even really knew about this or 19, 
I was so mad. I'm like, what the hell? This like guy's eight years older than me trying to date this girl in my class. Like what the, like go find someone your own age. This is such bullshit. Like I can't do that. And then the girls were like, oh, you're too young. You're too young. I saw this again and again. And it was so frustrating. And by the time I was like going into a bar, girls my age were like, oh, I've been going to bars since I was 16 or something. Like, like Jamie, when was the first time you went to a club or a bar? I'm sure you had a fake or something. Um, consistently, I went to college. So what's what? 18, uh, but it's 19? funny. There's this one. There's this one pool hall in South Florida that let us in way too young, and they came onto us way too strong for us being. And we looked very 15, 16 years old. So Jeez. that's that's a that's an outlier. That's an outlier. Uh, but no, college. As soon as I was able to get a fake ID from a sorority sister. Yeah. See, we don't. I didn't get those experiences. Like oh, I got well. 20. I got I got a fake ID like seven months away from my birthday. So it was like it was basically bullshit. Never needed one. Yeah. Yeah. It really? was not a, I was never I lived in the Midwest, middle of nowhere, didn't have a big party scene. Yeah, I was yeah. I, I didn't really do any of that until I was in the military. Damn. All right, cool. So, yeah, I was already like 20, 22, something like that. Yeah. So one of the big things I know you're about, I'm about this too. I preach this to everyone, so I'm so glad you brought but this up. I just up. wanted to go back really quick oh. to what we were talking about with the hypergamy and the the golf i'm about to lose my train of thought it was the uh what were we just talking about a second ago it was the the age. difference the age ah oh, man i just lost it. the older a guy gets the more he looks like sean connery the older a woman gets <laughs> the more she gets to look like sean connery ah <laughs> oh, man i had a really interesting point i just lost my train of thought Ugh. You have not seen my mom. She is hot as fuck. First of all. Ah, damn. Oh, well, yeah. If I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to it. I just. So. I write these down. So the one thing I wanted to, I know I want to bring up. I know you're big on this. I'm big on this. Jamie's big on this. We're all big on it. Is the idea of mentorship. Why is oh, mentorship yeah. so crucial, so important? Because I see guys who are like, I'll just learn from watching a YouTube video or a podcast, and nothing wrong. We're on a podcast right now. You have a YouTube video. It's awesome. It's a great place to like get some tips and learn some great stuff. Uh, can that replace mentorship? Can people really dial this down just by themselves through trial and error? Or is there something more to it? They can up to a point, then they're going to plateau and they're going to progress a lot slower. But when you have a mentor who can actually take you out, show you the ropes, you're going to, your progress will just accelerate tremendously. And the other thing too is a good mentor. So you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. So ideally, you're going to spend time with people that are better than you at different facets of life, business, relationships, uh, all of it. So yeah, if you can get into a social circle where a bunch of guys are really good with women, or they're really good at business, or they're really good at X, Y, and Z, it's going to rub off on you in ways you probably would never expect it. And it's also, it, so yeah, they're going to also, you're going to learn from them, even though they may not be a mentor in a, you know, per se. Right. Yeah, so it's mentors, immersion. You're it's just immersion, being around yeah. them. You get. I, I find that's one of the best ways to learn is just being around these people, yep. day in day out. Like, it, it rubs off on you. And one of the best ways I learned, once I once I got the basics down, I can I could cold approach. I could build some attraction. I could flirt. I could talk. I could like really try to push things through the attraction ladder. The next, the biggest immersion I got was well. First, I started hanging around like naturals, like guys who are just really good with girls. Mm -hmm. But then the real immersion at where it blew my mind was hanging around women. I started oh, befriending yeah. women, having women around in my life who were just friends, seeing how they saw things, going to places with them. And I was like, I see so much more about them because all I knew about women was meeting them in clubs or bar, or whatever I was approaching them and what I read in a book, that was it. And it was like, this is, and only when I started hanging out with them, I was like, wow, my whole perception and understanding of women was so, so, so limited. Talk about taking them off the pedestal. Sure. Yeah, that too, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to. Some like, of the best stuff in the community, what we're talking about, we learn from watching women. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what cracks me up whenever people, oh, you guys are you're doing X, Y, and Z, and it's like, this is really denigrating women. It's like, what do they do? What this from? Yeah. Well, I think what you were saying yeah. earlier, though, it's because you guys don't actively stop the behavior that causes those controversies. So of course people are gonna blame you because you you created this society and then when people kind of take, like we were talking about earlier, take it and run and maybe go in a direction that maybe isn't the mission, but you guys don't say anything about it. That's kind of where it's like, the responsibility should lie if the mission is actually the mission. Does that make be. sense? 
uh, without getting into the specifics, I, I think I, I know what you're saying, but yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, stay on mission. Uh, don't be you a know. dumbass. I think it comes down to, uh, look, so my, my two main ingredients for a successful relationship, if a guy, if I have a girlfriend, you know, everybody talks about like trust, communication and whatever, and all, everything's important. But what I've boiled down to every amazing relationship I've had, it comes down to two things. And that's on a good times when things are going well, understand her. Can I, under, can I really understand her? Can she really understand me? And, or sorry, sorry, if, if things are going bad, if we're fighting or something goes bad, can I just put my shit aside and understand what she's coming from, why she feels the way she feels? Can I get her to understand where I'm coming from? There's no winning or losing in fights. It's, can, I, can we understand each other? When things are good on the, on the high end, I've always seen it as how can I appreciate the shit out of her and how can, and can she be appreciating me? If I see a relationship that goes ups and downs and they're always trying to understand each other on a low and they're always finding ways to appreciate each other on a high, I'm like, that's a winning relationship. So I looked as a, you know, broadening it versus just a, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, I feel like that's what we should be doing with women in general is understanding them and helping them understand us and appreciating women and making sure we're, uh, you know, we're appreciated back uh, as well for their similarities and our differences. So and this kind of relates back to what I actually finally remembered what I was going to say a minute ago. <laughs> to kind of put the red pill spin on this, it comes back to hypergamy, where what that just generally means is that women date up. So what Jamie was saying earlier, and this is kind of date, up? date up in, in terms of the socioeconomic ladder. And this is the paradox of success. So the more successful women get, the higher they climb in, say, uh, their career, the job, more income, the smaller the pool gets of available men that they can date up above, you know, in that, in that upper class. Does yeah, that make I sense? I heard a great Red Pill quote. There's actually a documentary I liked, and the quote was, if women are sex objects, and men a lot of times- Sex objects. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, from Warren Farrell. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, was, wow, I never thought of that way, but uh, we are successful. A guy who's yeah. not being successful is like, what the hell are you doing? What are you he doing? Was, like, and here's the funny, this is what's really crazy. Because I feel like there's lots of like state, like the, the whole role of like stay at home dad or whatever, like where the relationship is good. It's just he's the one that's taking the more primary care role. I feel like it's becoming more normalized in today's society. Every, I mean, I time, I hear, every time I hear girls complain about their boyfriend, it's always a sense of like, he's a deadbeat. He's, you know, he's making me pay for stuff. Even what you just said earlier, Jamie, you were talking about like what women find attractive is the ambition is that they're going places that they, right? So the opposite of that is they're not successful. They're not doing anything. Right, fair enough. Yeah, so, so we were kind of like boxing on the edges of the bell curve there at that point. I mean, in the middle is what I think what I focus on. Again, I, I'm really kind of, tunnel vision on the practical, like the meat of the bell curve of what works for most people. Mm -hmm. And I think traditionally, this is where I'm gonna get in some trouble here. I think traditional relationships, the old structure we used to work, uh, have worked for as long as it did because it worked well. Mm -hmm. um, now things have kind of gotten shaken up. So now we've kind of got to operate within the changing parameters of society. Women are now in the workforce, parallel to men. Uh, they may not make quite as much as men do from the different jobs they've selected, but we, there's other issues going on around that. So now that women have their own money, they have their own house, they don't rely on men for that provisioning and support. Now you've got to bring your A game in a sense. How do you date and navigate those Ooh. new bounds of relationships? I'm going to, just, I'm going to throw gasoline on this yeah. just because I think it'd be fun. Would it be better for both people if we went back to the old ways where women were more reliant on men? And we used attraction back, like back in the old days, like the like the '50s style of romance. Well, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. What I think we will see, especially as if if the economy changes, where people's ability to make income accelerates to such a point that a one-income family structure becomes tenable and achievable. Right now, we can't do that because just the way society is structured, you need two incomes to raise a family. Right now, if we go back to a point where one person can make so much money at a job that the other person can stay home with the kids. I think we might see a swing back to that. Not a, you know, like it was back in the fifties or sixties, but I think you will see a lot of people choose that structure. I think we're seeing actually, the pendulum you know, kind of swing. I, I agree with you there, but I don't like the, the notion that it will automatically go back to the man because I would get fucking killed if I was in the 1950s with my mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I feel like, 
it works for who? It so works Jimmy, for men he, because they're able to like leave. So I just, to, to leave out like the woman's opinion, like no one's going to want to go back to the 1950s. Also, you know, I don't think a lot of men are really into like women that are, don't say anything and are that like super obedient either. Right, I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like most men that I find enjoy an intellectual conversation or being challenged or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I, I men definitely also agree. don't want to go back. I, I think men like the challenge and the girls who can think and it's fun to like be, you know, find an equal to share your life with. I think when guys are back to the 1950s, they get the image of like a wife there having dinner ready when you come home and, yeah. and like, here's your slippers and stuff. It's like, that, but again, that shows, yeah. that's appreciation. It's like, well, wow, it, these are really nice things. I appreciate you. Be that as it may, that's not really what my mind was going towards. It was more of just the breadwinner versus the housekeeper. The homekeeper, housekeeper. What do you call it? Could, uh, the homemaker. That's the homemaker. Word. homemaker. So could a guy like play the homemaker part? <laughs> could the guy take the role of the homemaker and the girl take the role of the breadwinner? So we had an experiment with this over the last uh, couple of the last ten years or so now, maybe fifteen. And what we're finding is that when the men were the homemaker, they get cheated on. So oh. the relationship structure does not. It comes back, I think, to uh, evolutionary psychology and, and biology. And when the women were homemakers, they weren't being cheated on. Well, they were, but I think it goes back to the hypergamy and the aspects that we talked about a little bit ago, where you kind of got to look at the, the, the broad strokes of the, the, the bell curve, the, the meat. What do we really know in terms of how people operate? So men have their programming, women have their programming. There's a lot of overlap, but there are some distinct differences we got to be mindful of. So okay. you just accept reality for what it is, take people off the pedestal and just operate within the bounds of society structures as they are today. That's all we, we, can, we can really do. We can, you know, if, what's it, uh, if wishes were horses, we'd all be eating steak. If, uh, yeah, the genie is not going back in the bottle anytime soon, if ever. So wishing we had a 1940s or 50s house, uh, uh, housewife and all that, that's, get that out of your head. What do we have in front of us right now? What can you do to be successful in dating and relationships with the current structure we have to deal with? Well, now we're getting more and more abundance than ever before with, with online and yeah. Tinder and Bumble and whatever. So how does that play? Some are. So only about 20% of guys are getting all that sex, all that really, all the uh, success. Are getting what? Only sex. about 20% oh. of the guys out. It goes back to the Pareto principle. 20% of the people, you get 80% 80 of the results from 20% of the work. And we kind of see this kind of scaling out with guys. We're only about 10 to 20% of the guys are getting 80 to 90% of all of that sexual success and all these different uh, dating apps. You, uh, I think it was OkCupid who actually did a re uh, a, some research on this. They had women rate men's attractiveness. 80% of the guys or 83% of the guys, they rated as being below attractive or below average attractiveness. Mm. That's not how a bell curve, bell curve works. So there's something out of whack with expectations on these systems. So, and I think we talked about this before on one of our, uh, over on the other, on the, on the, the community portal where, uh, just lost my train of thought on this one too. The, uh, the, the, damn it. Yep. It's gone. No. Jimmy, would, notes. Jimmy, would you say that 80% of guys that you encounter are like undateable? Yeah. There you go. So that's, I'm that's, single. 100% that's, of them. that's, that's, that's hypergamy. I, 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 I um, an action right there. I mean, well, here's the deal. I, I going back to like subjective, right? So attractive to me, my so my uh, what is it called? Celebrity crushes are like. There's like a meme post the other day about this. Like it's all like like skinny, like white, scrawny, like like sickly looking dudes. Like I love like the lead singer of 1975, Timothy Chalamet, who's a celeb. I like like those guys. None of my girlfriends indulge in that that attractiveness so to me it's hard for me to wrap my head because i feel like every girl i know has their you know attractive scale that one to ten scale that we were talking about um so it's really hard to like i feel like that's probably why the bell curve's not working also men i find do not take very good photos and not and, and to, to no fault of their own, because it's not like, you know, they have the selfie culture that women have. Um, but, you know, they have, uh, men oftentimes have to rely on usually their female friends or, you know, group pictures to get a decent photo because they're not, you know, taking set. Because that's the other thing, too, that I don't 
like very much is like when a guy takes a lot of selfies in the mirror and posts those as his pictures because that you know i i just don't find that attractive so i mean i don't know like it, it's it's hard to it's hard to tell So any final words for everybody listening here, Joe? I mean, I know you got your YouTube channel. Is there other places where guys can learn more information and, and hear more from you? Uh, well, you know, yeah. So we have Red Pill University on YouTube, mm -hmm. on, the, uh, on the Red Pill channel. So we're trying to roll out different shows. Uh, I got the idea from Blaze TV. It's, uh, believe it or not, it's conservative, but they got a bunch of different shows from different kind of personalities all under one roof. That's what we're driving towards. So Red Pill University is one show on the channel. It's kind of our flagship show. We had one woman for Red Pill Women. So Jamie might be interested in that. Uh, Stephanie, one of the, uh, the co-hosts that did the show with me until she got very pregnant, is uh, she kicked ass. So she brought a lot of this um, knowledge to the forefront from a woman's perspective. So it's a female take on the Red Pill. Uh, let's see, Ryan Stone, gotta give a shout out to him. Uh, Rolla Tomasi, Entrepreneur in Cars. Uh, those are like the, the biggies in our little community that as I know it. There's other guys out there. Uh, just I just went blank on the name. I talked about him earlier. Uh, damn it. Uh, Dominic Sharp? Sharp, 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 Sharp. Donovan Sharp. Uh, he's got stuff go. out there. Better Bachelor's got stuff out there. Uh, but he's more of like a MGTOW, I think. I'm not really familiar with him, but they've got good shows, a lot of content. But the best, uh, Red Pill University. But yeah, that start there and then kind of go out. We got the community over on Patreon slash the fraternity. Uh, if you want to join the community, you can do it there. It's five bucks a month and we'll be having live events uh, pretty soon. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on and dropping some knowledge bombs about Red Pill. Yeah, hopefully it uh, kind of disabused some of the... Uh, it the, did. It did, I have to say. Every time I talk to him, I'm just like, this makes more and more sense to me. At first, I hate it. Now, but now, but now watch me. Now I'm going to go online and find all the reasons why I hate it. I'm going to be like, now I want to talk to him. I got some shit I got to say. That's just the anger phase, the grief. We just got to shut them up. Maybe, but all right. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Take, oh, your, you. take your red pills. Take your medicine. Thank you, Joe. We're definitely going to have to have you back. <laughs> all right. See you guys later.